Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place, South Tampa Campus. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear, and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. I want to jump into one of our core values specifically, the Lord. We, I always have a process where I sit with Jesus and I say, what are you saying to your people right now? I don't like, um, you know, just stock sermons. I don't like just, oh, I, I like this passage, so I'm going to preach from it. I want to give the word of the Lord, you know what I mean? Like, I want to say something that the Lord is saying, amen? And so that's my endeavor. I don't always nail it, you know what I mean? I'm just trying to listen like all of you, any of you on a journey to hear the voice of God. And, like, it's a journey, y'all. Like, sometimes, you, yeah, that was it. No, sometimes, that was pizza. You know, like, it's, there's the Prince of Peace, and then there's the pizza. And they're, they're, sometimes both of them speak to you. Anyway, but today I hope that I heard the Lord because I want to talk about our third core value. It's faith for everyone. Faith for everyone. Would you say that with me? Faith for everyone. I'm going to give you a quick overview of all of our core values. All right, the first one is that we honor everyone. That's, it's on this card right here if you want a cheat sheet, one of those things. You can take this as a bookmark in your Bible if you'd like even, whatever. But, oh, there's one right here, yeah. Honor everyone. I'm going to give you the definition of that. It means to properly assign value to every kind of person. To properly assign value to every kind of person. That means every single person has value, and we need to properly assign it. How did Jesus assign it? He says they're to die for my God says you're to die for. That's pretty valuable. Amen? So it's not about how much I like you, you like me, we're like each other. It doesn't matter. Jesus thinks you're to die for. That's your value in my mind as well. Amen? That's what we mean by honor everyone. That doesn't mean we honor everything. Hello? Like, I'm not going to honor dishonor. I'm not going to honor lying. I'm not going to honor everything, but I'm going to honor everyone. I'm going to say, you're way too awesome to be acting that stupid, all right? That is how we run it around here, all right? That's what we mean by honor everyone. It doesn't mean we honor every idea either. Some ideas, let me help you, are just bad ideas. You guys should, oh, okay, do you want to do that? Well, no, I don't want to do it. You should do it. I'm, there's probably a reason you don't want to do your great idea. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> Honoring everyone does not mean we agree with everything. Honor is not agreement. It's assigning value. It's respect. Amen? And if it's agreement, then it's really selfish. It's like, I love all the me I see in you. You're just like me. I love me, you. I love you, me. It's not, it's weird. It's weird. That's honor everyone. Say honor everyone. Second one is empower everyone. Say empower everyone. That means to give strength and confidence for every person to walk in godliness. We believe it's every person's destiny to walk in godliness. So we want to put strength inside of you to achieve that in your life. That means we teach the scriptures. That means we correct. Hello? Again, we don't empower everything. I want to do this. I want to have this. I want to talk like this. I want to say this. No. Abraham has thrown lines down even in this house. Say, no, we're not going to sing like that. We're not going to sing to that. We're going to sing to Jesus. We're holding this line. We're about Jesus Christ here, the one true God. Jesus of Nazareth, born of a virgin, lived a perfect life, died, rose again, seated at the right hand of the Father, and is coming again. That's the only person we worship. That's the only thing we're going to empower is people towards walking in his ways. All of God's ways are the best ways. Okay? God's ways are the ways of the party. 
All right? After our little party session earlier, I said to everyone, I was like, I got him. Anytime I do communion, I'm going to bring the party. Like that. It's a party. The ways of God are the ways of life. He's not a buzzkill. He's literally the life. Okay? This is the life. You know, you're like, oh, this is the life. You're talking about Jesus. Jesus is the life. Amen? So we want to give you strength and confidence to walk in godliness. We can impart that to you through the scriptures, through family, through relationship. Amen? Come on. So that's empower everyone. And finally, faith for everyone. I want to give you the definition. Say faith for everyone. One more time. Yeah. It's a divine persuasion that every kind of person is a candidate for the love of God. We have a divine persuasion that every single person on the planet, if they are a human being, they are a candidate for the love of God. Okay? Like, listen, fallen angels are not a candidate for the love of God. Because they're not human beings. But everybody else, even those acting demonically, who are not demons, they are humans. Hello? You're, like, you're calling people demons. Your, your theology is really whacked, all right? Like, unless a demon manifests in front of you, you're not allowed to call them the demon. Like, like, especially your political opponents, demonizing your political opponent, all that stuff. What are you doing? That's deception. Stop. Every kind of person is a candidate for the love of God. Every, we have a divine persuasion. You can't get us off of this. You're not going to persuade me otherwise. These are our core values. When we say core values, we mean it's on the inside. It's in the middle. It's the thing we build everything out of, okay? People have asked me, like, we're four years, four and a half years old. We have four campuses in the first four years. People say, what's your secret? I'm like, well, we just obey God radically. But really, the secret sauce makes us us is our core values. And we police everything by that. We have team meetings. Tracy will tell you. I've been like, hey, uh, and I throw the core value down. I'm like, that don't fit. Nope, here's the line. So these are super important to us. We don't just say them. They don't just, you know, honor everyone, empower everyone, faith for everyone. They're not just a bumper sticker. You know what I mean? We live this stuff, and we call one another out when we're doing less than that. So what is this faith for everyone? We're going to walk through that today, okay? You ready? I'm going to share a lot of scripture with you. It's going to be on the screens. And you can take notes if you dare, all right? Because <laughs> I want to get you to lunch because it smells great and I'm hungry as well. So what is faith? I think we all have, like, different definitions of faith. But I'm going to read, like, the Bible dictionary of the word for you in just a second. But it's from Hebrews 11.1. 1. We're going to read that. But I want to just say this quickly. Faith is a divine persuasion from the inside out. If I have to put a bottom line on it, it's a divine persuasion from the inside out. You're not trying or reaching for something. You're not trying to believe. Something is just in your knower, okay, just in there, and it's persuading you to act. It's a divine persuasion from the inside out. Hebrews 11.1 1 in the ESV says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Okay, so here's, here's a little bit of encouragement for you. If you're a very fearful person in your history, that's not who you truly are. But if you've been fearful in the past, like even on the way here or in the last five minutes, it's not who you are. But I'm telling you, it's actually your capacity for faith. Because fear is just faith pointed in the wrong direction. I'll show you. Fear is the assurance of things you don't hope for. The conviction of bad things you don't want to see. It uses the same muscle. Fear is just faith pointed in the wrong direction. So however fearful you are, that's your capacity for faith. Has anyone been scared to death before? Yeah. Well, you can be assured to life because you already know how to use that muscle. Come on, that's good news. 
That was extra. Not in my notes. Half of these are things that are not in my notes. Anyway, you need to be okay with hoping for what you don't see yet. People are like, oh, that really built my faith. I'm like, what do you mean? Well, when I saw that miracle, no, that didn't build your faith. Sorry. It confirms your faith. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, meaning it hasn't happened yet. I'm hoping for it. The conviction of things not seen. So if you see something, it can't build your faith to see it. It builds your faith when you don't and you still choose to hope for it. Come on now. It's when you don't see the breakthrough and you still hope for it. That's faith. That's building faith. Come on. You're divinely persuaded. Listen to it in the Amplified. I like the Amplified. Written by a woman, by the way. Amplified Classic. Did you know that? Yeah. A woman did 90% of the work on the Amplified Classic. Yep. I can't remember her name right now. You should look it up. Google it. I'm right. Consult the prophet Goagol. All right. Hebrews 11.1, 1, Amplified, says, Now faith is the assurance, the title deed confirmation of things hoped for or divinely guaranteed. And the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. Fact, what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. See, a lot of us think we need to experience something to have faith. But it's actually the opposite. It's when you don't hear God speaking, you actually get to have faith in what he has already said. It's when you don't see God moving, that's the opportunity to treat as fact what cannot be experienced in that moment. Come on, is this helping anybody? Is this redefining it for you? I hope this is putting faith in a new perspective for you, okay? Out of Helps Word Studies, which Helps Word Studies is just a Bible dictionary, it talks about this Greek word faith, all right? And Strong's Concordance 4102, if you're a Bible nerd like me, that matters to you, all right? 4102, this is what the Helps Word Study, multiple theologians, not my opinion, this is what they say about this word, okay? We ready? All right, faith, this 4102, is always a gift from God, and never something that can be produced by people. What? That right there throws a wrench in a lot of our faith preaching. Come on, build, pump up your faith. Build up your faith, right? Work on your faith. I'm building my faith. You are not building your faith ever. Not the faith that God had, the God kind of faith. You can build your belief. You can try and you know, build your hopes, you can build your dreams, but faith is always a gift from God, never something that can be produced by people. How many of you have tried, you've tried to produce faith? Okay, two, three, four, five are honest. Anyone else want to be honest? Yeah, I've tried. Tried and failed, right? I just need to believe harder. I just need to, you know, hope more, be more convicted. These, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. Not in the faith of God realm. You might have your own hope, you might, but there's, yeah, that internal knowing, I know this is coming. I know this is happening. I know this person has a destiny. I met Abraham, and I knew day one, I said, oh, this guy right here. We met on our, was it a one-year anniversary of the church? On our one-year celebration of the resting place, he came to a worship night, or a worship day. I don't remember. It was a Sunday night, yeah. As soon as I talked to him, he, the first words out of his mouth to me were like, he's like, whoa. I'm a preacher. I haven't, the presence like this in a church, I have not. Whoa, what is this? And Frankie's there, and I'm like, I'm like, immediately in my knower, I was like, this guy has a crazy destiny in God. 
and I'm supposed to be a part of it. I knew that in my nowhere. I wasn't like, hmm, I'm going to try and believe the best for this guy, you know. No, I knew it. And the inside, that's faith. It's not produced by people. The study here, the Helps Word study goes on to say, faith for the believer is God's divine persuasion. We're talking about God's divine persuasion. God is persuaded of a few things. And he wants to persuade you. Okay? But you trying to persuade you through intellectual effort is not the same thing. Anyone tried that? It's horrible. It's just exhausting. You know, you're like memorizing scriptures and repeating them to yourself and then nothing ever happens. I'm sorry. I did a hit too close home. My bad. All right. <laughs> yeah, I've been there. Not okay. It's not it. Faith for the believer is God's divine persuasion, and it goes on to say, therefore, distinct from human belief or confidence, yet involving it. The Lord continuously births faith in the yielded believer so they can know what he prefers or the persuasion of his will. Wow. That's just the dictionary definition of the Greek word faith. Okay, I haven't given you my opinion. Just reading you the dictionary of the word. Is that a little different than you've, you've thought? Is that a little different than you've tried? Yeah, when we say faith for everyone, we're talking about this. We're talking about God has a divine persuasion for every single person. That every single person in this room, every single person on the planet is a candidate for his love. And we've simply come into agreement with that. And said, that's our core value. That's a core value of this house. It's not, these three are not the only values. We value excellence. I mean, did you hear the team this morning? They sounded incredible. That's a value. That's valuable, right? We value, you know, health. We value a lot of things. But these are our core. These are at our middle. Does that make sense? Faith for everyone. I'm grateful that faith is a gift from God because it's actually the essential element to pleasing him. I'm glad that he gives us the gift needed in order to please him. <laughs> Come on. Have you know this verse? Hebrews eleven six. It says in the Passion Translation, without faith living within us, it would be impossible to please God. <laughs> For we come to God in faith, knowing that he is real and that he rewards the faith of those who passionately seek him. What's happening here? The only reason you came to God is because he persuaded you to. You think you chose God? No, you didn't choose me. Jesus said, I chose you. You want to wear your faith as a badge of honor? It's not even yours. <laughs> stop trying to own your own faith, homie. Like, stop it. It's his faith. You just celebrate. Wow. For we come to God in faith. In what? In his divine persuasion. He draws us. No one can come to the Father except the Spirit draws him. Right? Right? That's why shouting people into the kingdom, condemning them into believing in Jesus or whatever, never works because that's not the way the Father draws anyone. He never says, hey, you wretch over there. No, he says, hey, daughter. Hey, son. Hey, beloved. You notice Jesus really liked sinners and really hated pastors, I mean Pharisees. Sorry. <laughs> really hated professional Christians. That's what it was. That's why we say that. Those steeped in legalism. Here's the rules. We follow the rules. You don't follow the rules? <laughs> Shame. I follow the rules. And you don't. I can't even look at you. Oh, wow. Literally, they would do that. 
If there, it was a known sinner, they would not look at them. They're not, it would sully their soul to look at the sinner. They'd just walk right past them. Yeah, I'm not looking at you. I'm not looking at you. How ridiculous. And Jesus is like looking for every single one of them. And he's like grabbing their chin, trying to like, look, look. All these stories, man. Anyway, you know the stories. Hopefully you read your Bible. I hope to inspire you to do that. But faith is the essential element, the essential ingredient to pleasing God. And that's good news because he gives it to you like a gift. Isn't that great? He makes it so easy. You're like, I just, people say, I've heard people say, well, I just don't, I don't know how to believe. I don't have that. I don't have that. I'm like, okay, good. I don't know how to believe. I don't have the capacity to believe in God. Good. You're a candidate for his capacity. You can receive his faith. It's those who are like, I got it. I can believe for God. I can believe in God all by myself, my human self. No, good luck. You're going to run into wall after wall after wall. You're going to take risk and fail way more than you take risk and fly. You are. You're trusting your own ability to believe. It's not your ability to believe. It is the essential ingredient to pleasing God. So he births in us the one thing that's essential to please him, faith. Isn't that awesome? Oh, my gosh. But again, it's beyond belief. It's not simple belief. Look at James chapter 2, verse 19. It says, you can believe all you want there's one true God. That's wonderful. But even the demons know this and tremble with fear before him. Yet they're unchanged. They remain demons. What's happening? Demons can believe. Demons can't have faith. Now, your believer is participating, but it's not the source. The source is his persuasion. God is not giving hell and all his demons a persuasion that he's giving to the human race. Are you with me? Is this making sense? It's, this should be good news because you feel like, oh, I'm just having a hard time believing. Okay. Good. Good. It's not on you to believe. It's on you to receive his faith. Just receive it like a gift. Oh, it's always a gift from God, never the result of people producing it. That's just so good. There's a story in John chapter 4 I'm going to read you um, because I believe that true faith hits your feet. True faith has forward motion. True faith will give you a moment, a movement. It won't keep you where you are. Like it says in that verse, they believe that he's God, but they remain unchanged. Nothing changes, right? Let's read John 4, verse 46 through 53. And maybe you have, I don't, do you have this one? John 4, 50? Yeah, okay, there we go. Sorry if I'm in your way. I'll crouch down. So, it says, so this is Jesus. Jesus came again to Cana in Galilee where he had made the water into wine. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. And at Capernaum, there was an official whose son was ill. I was just in Capernaum. That's actually how you say it. I was just there. I was in Israel the last few weeks. It's awesome. It's buzzing. It's, that's where more miracles happen in Jesus' ministry than anywhere else. The air is still full of the miraculous. It's just like, it's crazy. It's all, you can feel it now. Amen. Do it, Lord. There was an official whose son was ill. When this man heard, this official who had the sick son, when he heard that Jesus had come to, from Judea to Galilee, he went to him and asked him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. This is desperate. I have two boys. This would be desperation, like at the point of death. Oh, my gosh. So Jesus said to him, it's a very strange thing, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. 
the official said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said, said to him, Go, your son will live. What's happening here? He just took him beyond belief. He took him into faith. He tested, is this just you striving for something, or are you being persuaded I'm able? Because that's faith. He's testing his faith. Yeah. In one way, it's not yours, but in another way, it is yours because you steward it. You receive it, right? Like if I give you $100, you can spend it however you want, right? It was a gift, but you can spend it how you want. It's yours to spend. Same thing with faith. Okay, he says, go, your son will will live. And then this, the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. Remember that. Say, went on his way. As he was going down, his servants met him and told him that his son was recovering. So he asked them the hour when he began to get better. And they said to him, yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. The father knew that that was the hour when Jesus said to him, your son will live. And he himself believed in all his household. I love this. I'm going to back up in just a second, but I'm going to just make a side note. I love that he investigated. He said, at what hour? When did it happen? I'm that guy. I'm like, someone says they're healed. I'm like, what changed? Do something you couldn't do. Show me. It's good to investigate. I want the real thing. I want real miracles. Okay? I don't want the, like, hype, like, pump it up, and then you say you're healed, and then you have to lie about the fact you're not actually healed because you're still in that church. Uh, nervous, quiet laughter because you've been there, done that. Me too. Weird. Weird. We need an honest environment. Like, you can be honest. This is where I'm at in my journey. Right? This is where I'm at in my healing. Honest. Don't lie. Especially don't lie about having faith or receiving a miracle. He investigated it. That's not my point. So that was a side note. That was free. Coming back, it says... Jesus said to him, go, your son will live. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. Little class, little class. Where in that sentence is faith? The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. Where in that sentence? Went on his way. Went on his way. The belief is one thing. The movement. Think of it. His son's going to die. He wanted Jesus to come to the house. And lay hands. And Jesus said, go, your son will live. I believe you. And he went. When he went on his way, that was the act of faith. Faith hits your feet. It's beyond belief. You can believe sitting still all day long, but you can't have faith and stay still. You can't have faith and remain in the same place. You can't have faith for the LGBTQ community and not come on March 25th with us. That's not faith. I understand if you got a schedule conflict. I'm not condemning anyone. Hello? Or like, whatever. Oh, it gets so weird in church all the time. People take condemnation when I'm not sending it. I literally, months later, be like, well, when you said that thing on January 12th, 2021, I just felt so condemned. I'm like, it's 2023, bro. And that's not what I meant. Really? No, that's not what I meant. And honestly, you're misquoting me. We have video. Here's the video. I didn't say that. You didn't even say it? No, I didn't say it. You spent two years offended out of something I didn't say. Stupid. That's the spirit of stupid. All right? If something offends you today, talk to me today, please. I invite you. I like it, actually. I'm a little overly confrontational. 
I enjoy it a little too much. The Lord's balancing me. Anyway, <laughs> faith hits your feet, man. Faith will move you. If you have faith, you're doing something. You can believe and do nothing. But if you have faith, you're doing something with it. That's the tell. So when we say faith for everyone, we're saying a divine persuasion that every kind of person is a candidate for the love of God. It means we're going to go for every kind of person and we're going to share that you too are a candidate for the love of God. And the love of God doesn't keep you where you are. The love of God moves you on a journey towards wholeness. Wholeness. Spiritual wholeness. Physical wholeness. Emotional wholeness. Sexual wholeness. Wholeness in every sphere of your life. That's what God wants for every single person. Are you with me? So anywhere there's not wholeness, he's coming. He's coming for that thing. So what is faith not? Faith is not wishful thinking. It's the confidence to act. Faith is not blind. I hate that statement. Faith, you know, blind faith. Find me blind faith in the Bible. He might call something. Find me the statement. It doesn't. Faith is not blind. It sees into another realm. It's actually better eyesight, not worse. Okay? It's the conviction of things hoped for, things not seen in the natural, but you've seen it in the spirit. You've been persuaded by the Spirit. What you've seen in the Spirit is coming into the natural. Faith is not blind. Stop this stuff. I don't want blind faith. I don't want blind faith. I want to see. I want to see the goodness of, the God, of God in the land of the living. I want to see it manifest now. That's faith. Faith is not a feeling. I feel the gift of faith. No, you don't. No, you don't. You might be saying those words, but you're not feeling it. It's a divine persuasion, an internal persuasion from God. And you might feel the confidence. You might feel the hope, right? But faith itself is not attached to feelings. Like you're like, I need to feel the goosebump before I prophesy. Or I need to feel, you know, the Holy Ghost goosies, you know, the Holy Ghost goosebumps. Yeah. Or I need to feel like, I need to feel pain in my body if I'm going to get a word of knowledge. For I used to be stuck in this stuff because that's how it happened. When I started walking in the supernatural, I'd walk by somebody and feel their pain. First time it happened, I was going to Walmart. I'm just getting toilet paper. And I'm like just whacked out, happy, like what is happening in my life? I don't know what's going on. And I'm just walking into Walmart, and this lady walks past me, and I feel pain in my hip. And something on the inside told me it was her pain. I had no training. And I was crazy enough to go, hey. And she's, I was like, do you have pain in your hip right here? And she's like, yes. I'm like, it's been happening for a while? She's like, yes. Can I pray for you? She goes, yes. <laughs> Does. I'm like, put your hand on it. And I put my hand on her hand, and I said, be healed in Jesus' name. Check it out. She's like, what do you mean, check it out? I'm like, do something you couldn't do. This is in the parking lot of Walmart, total strangers. Do something you couldn't do. And she's like, well, I couldn't, like, lean that way. I'm like, lean that way. She's like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah. Don't hurt yourself, but try. She's like, oh, my gosh. She's screaming. In the Walmart parking lot, she's like, I'm healed. I'm like, Jesus healed you. She's like, how did you do that? I was like, Jesus did that. She's like, you're amazing. I'm like, Jesus is amazing. And she's like, uh, you know, freaking out. I'm like, I have no capacity for that. I don't know how that happened except Jesus did it, you know. And she's like, I used to go to church. And then same story. 
this pastor hated me. He told me I was a sinner, a wretched. I confessed. And I'm like, Jesus loves you. I'm like, there are churches out there. This was way before it started anything. I'm like, they're out there. They exist. <laughs> For the podcast, that was me crossing my fingers in hope. You can't see me, but you can hear me. That was me going, oh, I hope. They're out there. Don't give up. Don't give up on the church. Amen. And then he raised up four. You know, the Lord told me to plant 50, five, zero. So just, we're just getting started, all right? So faith is an internal persuasion from God. I had an internal persuasion in that moment that this was real. It was going to happen. I didn't have to work it up. It just happened. But that was how I thought it would always happen. So I stopped feeling people's pains. I'm like, I lost it. I lost the gift. Like, I'm like I got no, nothing, you know, like bzz, nothing. I, I lost it. And then the Lord's like, Caleb, just start asking me. Have faith. I, I, that feeling was just to introduce you. So that was my season. That was my journey. I'm not, I don't feel that anymore usually. It happens every now and then. But it's not like my thing. And you might say, well, the gifts and calls of God are irrevocable. I'm like, yeah, the gift of healing is still in my life because the Holy Ghost is in my heart. And that's it. Okay? But the way he's using me is different now. Faith is not a feeling. One season might feel another and from, compared to another. They might feel different from each other. And that's good. It's okay. Are you with me? All right. I have a lot more notes. All right. I might just jump to the end here. I don't know. Um, faith, so that's what it's not. But uh, faith, we already read the verse, Hebrews 11, 1. But I want to just propose to you something a little radical. Can you deal with a little more radical? Like, we're going to get a little radical here. I actually believe faith is a person. I believe in the personhood of faith. I'm going to explain that to you. So just go with me for a minute. We can disagree. I don't care. All right. And if you're offended, tell me sooner than later. All right. Galatians 3, 23 through 25. It says, until the revelation of faith for salvation was released, the law was a jailer, holding us as prisoners under lock and key until the faith, which was destined to be revealed, would set us free. The law became a gateway to lead us to the Messiah so that we would be saved by faith. But when faith comes, the law is no longer in force since we have already entered into life. Faith in this passage every single time is used as a noun, a person, place, or thing. So it might be a thing, or it might be a place, or it might be a person. But it says, when the law became a gateway to lead us to the Messiah so that we would be saved by faith, here's my question. Who saved you? Did Jesus save you from your sins? Okay, but it says we'd be saved by faith. If faith is not a person, then you have salvation outside of Christ. Jesus is the person of faith. Some translations actually capitalize faith in this passage. Now that faith, capital F, has come. Because the translator picks it up. It calls the law a jailer, personified. Calls it a tutor, a guardian. And then it leads us to salvation. Through who? Jesus, the person of faith. It goes on. Galatians uh, 3.25-29 through 29 in the ESV says, Now that faith has come. Who came? Come on. Now that faith has come, we're no longer under a guardian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. How are you a son of God? In Christ, through him, your own, your own trying to believe? Or is it his faithfulness that saves us, not our own? Come on. All right. I told you this is a little radical. But it says, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. What does it mean to put on Christ? It means to walk in faith. Hello? They're the same thing. 
There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither. I'm going to say this real quick. Pause because some of you are struggling with this. All right. I can hear your mind running. Christ is not his last name. Okay. Like I'm Caleb hires Jesus Christ. Christ is not his last name. It's actually Jesus the Christ. Jesus the anointed one. It's a title. Now that the anointed one has come. Now that the one who is able to save us from our sins. Yeah? So maybe that helps you a little bit. There's Jesus, there's the historical Jesus, the made manifest Jesus in the flesh, and then there's the eternal Jesus. He took his body with him. Amen. But he has always existed. Amen. Okay. All right. I'm just gonna leave you alone now. As many of you who are baptized in Christ have put on Christ, there's neither Jew nor Greek nor slave or free nor male or female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are a Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. This is Abraham's house we're in right here. <laughs> yes, that was a pun. This is the Father's house, and it's Abraham's house. Amen? So faith is a person. Christ is the person of faith that the law led us to. So when we say faith for everyone, we're saying Christ for everyone. His thoughts, his persuasion, his will. When we say faith for everyone, we're saying there is a divine persuasion inside of us, a person called the Messiah who's reaching out of us to all people. Are you hearing me? Does this, like, take the pressure off? Like, leave it to Jesus to be faithful. You just let him use you. It's great. It's way better than the other thing. Check out 2 Peter 3, 8 through 9. I love the Bible if you can't tell. We're going to read one more passage, and I'll let you eat. All right, 2 Peter 3, 8 through 9 says, So, dear friends, don't let this one thing escape your notice. A single day counts like a thousand years to the Lord Yahweh. And a thousand years counts as one day. This means that contrary to man's perspective, the Lord is not late with his promise to return at some measure lateness. But rather, his delay simply means his loving patience towards you. Because he does not want any to perish, but all to come to repentance. We have to get in line, alignment with God's desires for Tampa Bay. There's not one human that God desires to perish. That's why we can partner with God adores you. That's why we can say things like God's not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. You might think you're worthless, but you've been wrong before. Jesus thinks you're to die for. And what if you believed him? What if it changed everything? It did for me. This is our evangelism method right there. Not, you sinners, stop. Let me help you. Sinners don't even need to be told that they're sinners. They might need to be told the weight of the consequence, like eternal separation from God or whatever. They might need to be told the weight of the consequence, like you're hurting God's kids, like you're damaging the souls of people around you. They might need to be told the consequences, but they don't need to be told they're wrong. They know. They know. They know. They do. It's unfulfilling. It's empty, and they know it. That's what they're searching for. They're searching for the fulfillment, the wholeness that's offered in Jesus. Come on. We do not want any to perish, but all to come to repentance in Tampa Bay. Amen? I don't accept a single one. I know there's no tears in heaven, but I've imagined myself weeping for those that were not brought into repentance on that day when I graduated into the cloud. You know? I don't know. Kind of confusing in my own head, but it means something to me. So let me say a couple more things. Christ Jesus is going to return in bodily form. We believe that. Amen? 
But before he does, he's reaching out from our bodily form. This is the plan. He desires to bring everyone into the faith. Everyone. The person of faith is reaching out from the inside of us to every kind of person because God desires that none would perish. The law, the rules brought Israel to Christ, but now we are the ones who bring Christ to the people. We carry the person of faith to the nations. That's why we must have faith for everyone. Faith for everyone is a divine persuasion that every kind of person is a candidate for the love of God. Here's our absolute truth. Are you ready? There is nothing impossible for us. God has given us his spirit without measure, and we are able to co-labor with God to see heaven come to earth. That's why we have church in Tampa as it is in heaven. That's why we're participating. This includes every lost person found, every found person free. Peace reigning in every single realm of our society. That rhymed. You're welcome. Our method of faith. Are you ready? Our method of faith is simple. We take risks. We spell faith R-I-S-K. So if you're feeling a little, it's like it's risky to go to Tampa Pride, sounds like a faith walk. Like, ooh, I don't know if I should do that thing God's telling me to do. I don't know if I should give. I don't know if I should talk to that person. I don't know if I should, you know, take that job. Ooh, it's R-I-S-K. But go with his persuasions. Go with what he's leading you into. Is this making sense? We are not content with hearing about the move of God in the earth in this church. We will become the move of God in the earth. We will become it. Why? Because we have faith for everyone. It moves us. It's going to push us forward. Amen? Amen. I'm going to pray. We're going to close. Huh? Oh, do we have something? Do we have something? Oh, Tracy's closing. Great. Come on up here, Tracy. I'm going to pray for you, and then I'm going to hand it off to Tracy. Yeah. I didn't know. Abraham's getting the food ready. It's great. So just put your hand on your heart, and just, just let's just have a moment with the Lord and say, you know, in your own way, why don't you just say yes to his persuasions, you know? Like, Lord Jesus, I say yes to your internal persuasions, what you are leading me into, how you're kindly wooing me into acts of faith. I say yes to them because each of us have different, different things to walk in. So, Lord, we say yes individually and corporately. Come on, say it with your lips. We say yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, to your persuasion, your internal persuasion. And we do not wish that any would perish, none, but all would come to repentance, to a saving knowledge of you. So, Lord, we say yes and amen to your desires in us. And I bless my brothers and sisters here with boldness to step, boldness to go, boldness to walk in faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place South Tampa campus. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.